ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take you all the way down in New Orleans this time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Hard to Paint with David Grubb. I am David Grubb, and as you know, this is a basketball podcast. That's my favorite thing to discuss, and today I have a legend on the other end with me. Um, This dude was in Sports Illustrated when he was in middle school. This is one of the point gods of New York City, All-American as a freshman and as a sophomore, um, and NBA All-Star as well. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, the great, Mr. Chips, Kenny Anderson. Man, thanks, man. It's great being on with you, man, Dave. I really appreciate this. Thank you. Thank you. Um, one of the reasons that I wanted to get in contact with you is because I saw the documentary. Yeah. And, I, um, you know, since the, the pandemic, we've all had a lot of time to, to, to watch a lot of things. And yeah. I watched yours, and I watched Steph's. Yeah. And... I started to look at the commonalities and the things that guys like you have been through and how that has started to really change now how we perceive young athletes, uh, the power that young athletes are now getting and how, quite frankly, a whole generation of young men like you who started coming into the league at that 18 and 19 years old, that framework was not there. Mm-hmm. as it's being built now to help you make that adjustment and become yeah. a professional. Yeah. I, I, you know, and that's, that's great what you said, but um, I had some great people, some great supporting people. And I listened, I listened to them and they really helped me greatly. Uh, uh, Vincent Smith, my, my mentor who really, who really kind of raised me in the game of basketball and in life also, um, Pierre Turner, who was a, a New York judge who really helped me and my high school coach, Jack Carrot. you know, those are the three people that I really, I listened to. And, um, I wanted, and then my mother, my mother, you know, I wanted to make it, make it for my mother some, mm-hmm. some way, you know, if it was, uh, doing whatever, something positive in life and it became basketball. And I, and I knew I had to go to school, get a good education. And um, I, I went, I took to um, the college, uh, the high school regents exam, get in, to get into Archbishop Malloy. And I remember it was, I was so happy I passed. <laughs> I'm, 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 man, it was like 80, 86. I was so happy I passed. And they said, you're, you, you're able to go to Malloy, Archbishop Malloy High School. And, and that, was, that was the beginning. That was the beginning for me. And, and I didn't want to mess up, you know, what I, what I started, what I created. And uh, Vincent Smith was there. He was stepping away. He helped me greatly. And uh, Jack Curran, my, my high school coach, you know, who uh, helped me greatly, man. And I appreciate him. And rest in peace, Jack Curran. He, he was my man. And he was one of the reasons I made it to the – I made it this far. And I really appreciate it. What is that like to be – to have that that put on you at 14, 15 years old, that expectation that you're going to be next, you're going to be the next great point guard to come out of New York City. Yeah, I really, you know, it was great. 
to be put on, but I, 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 all I had was a vision to take care of my mother. That was mm-hmm. it. That was the number one uh, goal, and that was the, that's all I saw. And I knew, and, and my mentor, Vincent, said, you, you, you can do it. You stay in school, do the right things, you pass. Uh, basketball is going to be easy. Life is hard. You know, that's, a, that's my, my, mm-hmm. my, my topic of my documentary. And that's what he said. Just, just, just steady the course. Stay away from, you know, bad individuals, people that's going to pump your head up, soup you up. I just wasn't on it that way. I was on something different. And um, thank God I, I, I stayed on it and I was able to uh, get through, you know. And I, I went through Malloy High School, which is one of the top, toughest high schools academically, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the country. And it still is. But now it's, it's girls and boys. Yeah, and I mean, a great tradition there, not just, like you said, not just with athletics, but certainly in athletics, you had Lou Carnesecca, one of the great college basketball coaches of all time. You had Kenny Smith, of course, who came before you as a predecessor. Um, and just even beyond that, has continued to produce. Yeah, these beyond, guys. you can Brian Winters. Yeah, Brian Winters, went to Portland Trailblazers. Yep. Now, now, Kevin Joyce was on the Olympic team that yep. was uh, uh, that didn't play. That guy, he was he went to Malloy, so we had some great players, you know, out of Malloy High School. Yeah, people forget Brian Winters has his jersey hanging in the rafters yeah. um, in Milwaukee. So yeah. like, dude could ball. You know, yeah. people may remember him as a coach, but yeah. he could ball. Yeah. Um, it was like, I mean, the time that you were in New York was in that that period where from about '86 to probably about '96, yeah. when New York was still one of the meccas hot. of high school basketball. Yeah, it was hot. What it was hot, man. Yeah, what was that like? Who were the guys that you measured yourself against? Who were the guys that 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 you saw either ahead of you or behind you that you started identifying? Uh, there, there was four great point guards before me that I I, I, I try to pattern my game up. Uh, Kenny Smith, uh, Mark Jackson, Rod Strickland, Pearl Washington, Kenny Hutchison, um, Kenny Pattis. These are all guys four or five. Four, five, six years ahead of me, but I, but I love their games, and I just paid attention to it. I paid attention to it, and uh, I worked out on my game and got better and better. And um, oh, you know, there, 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 there I was, Kenny Anderson, you know. And but those are the greats, New York, that I that I looked up to. One of the things that was so interesting about your game when you came along was that your style was different. Your jumper was different. The way you handled the ball was different. It looked like you were leaving it out a lot and people could think that your hands weren't tight because you were leaving it so wide. Where do you develop that kind of style from? I just worked extremely hard, you know, when I was young with Vincent. Vincent Smith, I just worked, man. I saw the other guards, the guards that I named, Rod Strickland, Kenny Smith, uh, Mark Jackson, um, uh, Pearl Washington, how they handled it. And I picked things up and I would go on the gym and work on it with Vincent. And, um, you know, each year I, I've got, I got better and better, you know, and uh, it, I just thank God, you know, for my ability to play basketball because I was able to take care of my mother and that's what I wanted to do. What was the thing that about Bobby Crimmins that got him, you know, we knew he had that great New York background, yeah. What about Bobby Crimmins impressed you enough to make you decide? Because, like you said, uh, you know, from my understanding, it was Carolina, Duke, um, uh, and and Georgia Tech were in your final group. 
What made Georgia Tech stand out for you? Uh, my mother. <laughs> I was going to, I was on my way to Syracuse, I thought. I wanted to go to Syracuse after Pearl Watch. They had a very good team with Billy Owens was there. Yep. He would have been with me. Yep. Uh, Derek Coleman would have been one year with me. It would have been an awesome team. Pearl Washington went to Syracuse. So I was like, I was geek to go to Syracuse. But I went on a visit, you know, in Atlanta. It was, it, Atlanta was on fire. It was a great city. <laughs> Um, Georgia Tech, you know, uh, Coach Crimmins was from the Bronx, New York. And my mother, he really he really touched my mother a great deal, you know. And my mother said, I, I want you to go to Georgia Tech. I just feel something about the school, something about Coach Crimmins. And boom, you know, I, I said, I have to listen to my mother. You know, <laughs> I have to listen. So I went on, and it was great. But when I got there, I wasn't sure if I made the right move because I, I just – wasn't sure on the talent. And then all of a sudden, you know, Dennis Scott worked extremely hard in the offseason. Uh, Brian Oliver worked uh, worked extremely hard. Uh, Malcolm Mackey came in with me. Um, we, we had one of the top recruiting classes in America. You know, Daryl Barnes, um, Ivano Newbill. Ivano Newbill, yeah. <laughs> Newbill. So it was great. You know, our class, you know, we, we, we was very big. We was very big. And um, – they, they were all all great guys, man, and I I, I couldn't I, I couldn't have done it no better than going to Georgia Tech, um, with with not just playing wise either, just 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 living, living and uh, understanding about uh, just understanding about life in general, uh, academically, just everything was just great, man, and I still talk to those guys now to this day. What was that? culture shock like to go from New York City to being in Atlanta in the deep south? It was, it, it, when I, you know, at first, you know, I'm 18. So mm -hmm. I, I went there, I was, you know, I, I, I was like, well, at first I wanted to come, I was like, man, what's going on? And then and, and Scott said, it'll get, it'll get better. It's just when school starts, you know, <laughs> nobody in here, but it, when school starts, all the, all the, all the people come, you'll see, I'm telling you. And boom, it blew up, man. And we start playing games and I wasn't thinking about New York no more. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about Atlanta and it was just an awesome city to be in and a great place to grow up, you know, for a kid from New York. It was awesome. That first year, um, Lethal Weapon 3 comes together. Yeah. I was in the Superdome when y'all yeah, made wow. it to the regional finals. Wow. I was sitting there both nights. And like wow. you said, you were going to play. The, the thought was that it was going to be Michigan State and Syracuse in the regional yeah. final. Yeah. Because Michigan yeah, State had Steve Smith. This little kid come from out of nowhere. <laughs> yep. Michigan State had Steve Smith. And, uh, you know, Willie Burton was at Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. And uh, like I said, Billy Owens and DC were over at, at the Q's. And you guys came in there, and I still remember that last shot that I saw Dennis Scott earlier this year um, before the, the shutdown. And yeah. I said, was it late or was it a two? Dennis said, they counted it a three. It's a three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever, they, whatever the refs counted, they counted it. And I didn't win the game for them. I took the game into overtime, right. and Dennis brought us, brought us home, played extremely well. And then to get to go to the Final Four and, and you know, experience that, of course, you ran up against a historic team in UNLV. Yes. But just to get there, to come from where Georgia Tech came from, like I said, you went through Shaq, you went through Steve Smith, you went through yeah. um, all those players, and then to get to that, what was 
that moment like being on that stage? I'll tell you, it was, it was great being on that stage, but we've been on that stage our whole life, you know, but um, I, I felt, you know, and I was the, the, the vocal guy of the team and telling everybody, telling them, hey, listen, if we can beat UNLV, we're going to win this whole thing. We're going to win the national because we had beat Duke twice that year. Yeah. It was the ACC champions. They just played us, you know, against one of the best teams in the, in the country. So it, we was up for it. We was up for it, man. We was, we, was, we was so up for that game. We lost by eight points. I got into foul trouble, but we were so up. And I, to this day, I, I, I used to, I tell Larry Johnson, I said, man, you lucky, man. We, we should have, we could have beat y'all. <laughs> You know, when we was in the draft, I said, you, I, he went number one in the right. draft, 91. I went number two. I said, if uh, Charlotte, you know, needed a point, I would have been one. <laughs> <laughs> so you understand, you know, they had Muggsy Bones and they, they, they didn't want me. So I said, you understand. <laughs> no, no, I was just joking, but it was great, man. You go to New Jersey. Yeah. And things change when Chuck Daly gets there. Yeah. Because uh, your first year was kind of, you know, getting an, it was an adjustment. It was it definitely, it was an adjustment. I sat out, wanted more money, sat out, got to camp, got to got to the team late. Um, I didn't play. I didn't play as much at all. And, um, you know, try, I, but what happened was I signed a five-year deal. Mm-hmm. So my my coaches, Vincent, uh, Jack, shut up, play hard, work hard, and, when, when your time come, you'll be ready. And that's what I did. You know, I, 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 I said the right things all the time to the media and just waited my opportunity. And when my opportunity came, I just took it and ran with it. Chuck Daly was a great coach. Uh, too bad we didn't have him for longer, longer period. But uh, he was great, um, you know, great playing for him. And um, it, with Derek Coleman was great. Uh, Dryzen Petrovic. You know, it was just an awesome team, but you know, we was playing in the Jordan era. That was it was tough. Cleveland was tough. Um, um, Orlando, oh, the Knicks, Knicks was tough. We was we was like the fourth, fifth best team in the in the conference. It was it was just awesome. You know, the East was tough. Yeah, people forget that in back to back years. I think y'all were um, top two in that in the yeah. Atlantic. Y'all finished second yeah. in the Atlantic, yeah. um, and. I always think about that team, and I think if y'all were playing today, because <laughs> you are a perfect point guard for today. No yeah. hand-checking with your build, wow, your ability wow. to finish. Yeah. Drazen and his ability. Like, we, we got to see so little of Drazen. Yeah. But you know how great he was. Yeah. D.C. today, yeah, the skills was, that they were talking about, they just didn't know what to do with a man who could do what yeah. he could do then. Yeah. And then you still had dudes like – Jason Williams, Chris Morris, yeah. um, you know, y'all had guys who could play in the half court, who could run. Run the floor. This, that team today, it feels like that's what they want to play is what y'all were yeah. trying to do then. Yeah, that team today would be awesome. We had a very big uh, – fina- we could go finesse and then we could go strong. It's not how you ever want – how you want to do it. So it was just great playing for the Nets, uh, for you know, for my first, you know, first four years – and and, uh, and and the NBA was awesome, you know. It was great. I I, I lived in New Jersey. My mom lived in New York, in Long Island, Glen Cove. So I was able to see my mother every night, every day. So it was just an awesome feeling to be back home, somewhat. How hard was it though to know what you guys had, 
And then it just falls apart so quick. Drazen passes away. And then, of course, Chuck um, passes away. It was just things just don't work out. But you were – that was – I mean, as as – it was that the purest they got in your career was during that group and just feeling like, man, this is, this is the, a team that I, you felt like at the time it could have grown into something great. Oh yeah, definitely. The team could have grown into something great, but I don't know if the team management wanted that way. Mm -hmm. You know, we had seven owners. It was pretty tough. You know, when Jason King got over there, they struck when Ron Thorne was the GM and it had one owner. They built a practice facility. It was just also, we didn't even have a practice facility. Yeah. We, 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 uh, we practiced at the trucking company, you know? So, you know, you, 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 you know, it, it, we just had talent. We had talent. We had good players, but um, uh, Jason Kidd and them, you know, they went to two championships with the Nets. It was just an awesome time for the New Jersey Nets when he, when, when he went to two championships, but it's just a difference. You can see, how, you know, how um, they ran their organization and how we ran the organization. It was just too different, light and day. But uh, we was able to manage and, and play well and, and get it done. The Portland years were oh, kind yeah. of strange because, again, it was a, that awkward mix. It, it was a transition from one era to another in Portland. Y'all had tons of talented players, but just something – wasn't right. What was it? Was it um, a, a match of just you having too many guys who felt like they could? I mean, you had guys at every position who could play. Was oh it? no, it was great. I love Portland. You mm -hmm. know, it's just that I thought you know, you know, one thing led to another, and I was gone. But I played two years there. It was awesome, awesome. But the coaches, the coaches, the uh, PJ was a great coach for me. Mm -hmm. The coaching, they they got rid of him and. Got rid of everybody, and then the new coach came in, and boom, and and that was a whole different ball game. And I I had to leave then, but um, I love Portland. Portland was awesome. At my one of my best seasons under Portland, I think I had 18, 18 and nine, um, and then I came back the following year and played extremely well, and I, I got traded to Boston Celtics, and then it was just awesome, man. You know, Boston is a is a is some way I would always remember. You know um, uh, how you know I was I was coached by one of the best, uh, Rick Pitino. Then he, you know, he got fired and anyway he left the team and he took and uh, Jim O'Brien took over and boom and we went all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. So Boston, Portland, those was you know New Jersey Nets, Boston Celtics, and Portland Trailblazers. That's that's love right there for Kenny Anderson. Those are the three organizations that showed me love, and I showed them love back. Yeah, that that year when y'all make the run with Boston, you take New Jersey to six games in the Eastern Conference Finals. Antoine Walker was fantastic in that series. And then Paul Pierce, I think that's really when we got to know what yeah. Paul Pierce could be. I think he averaged 26 a game. Yeah. Um, it was just going off. Again, you're right there. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, you get close, you can taste yeah. it. It's yeah, right yeah. there. And then yeah. Boston, the next year, things start going and yeah. guys again start getting shipped out. Yeah. yeah. You know, as far as the NBA, uh, for me, it's just one of them things that they just – I wasn't going to win nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I, they, 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 every time I got close, I wasn't going to win nothing. But it was a great, you know, run for 14 years. I played in the NBA. had a great, um, great name for myself in the pros. And that's all I can say, man. I, you know – 
it was awesome playing with um all the guys I played with, playing with all the different coaches that that uh that did the game the right way, and um, that I, I can't say much, man. But I had a great career. I loved the NBA; it was fantastic. If you had to pick that moment in the league, that I mean, I know you made an All Star game. Like yeah. I say, you played in conference finals. You played with some amazing players. Was there a moment that you kind of when you think when the first time you say when somebody says think about your career that you kind of just automatically go to? Yeah, yeah, man, it, it gotta, it gotta be. Um, the, that's that's a that's an interesting question, but it, it, I had the moments. I had moments with the Nets mm-hmm. when I made the All Star team, Celtics when we went to the Eastern Conference Final, and Portland. Portland was one of my, you know, you know. I stopped drinking for the whole year and everything. Got my body right and played extremely well. You know, it was just. Those three teams it meant meant so much to me. It was a, a learning uh, decision, you know, that I that I put on myself to to see how good I can really be. And um, Portland and, and Boston and New Jersey Nets, yeah, it it was great. I, I can't really say one one incident. Those three teams, I had those three moments was great for me. Awesome as an individual. So you go to the post NBA career, yeah, and a lot of what you talked about in your doc is about those adjustments, about life, and 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 dealing with some very hard um, yeah. things. Whether it's the, the abuse you talked about, whether it's, yeah. just, it's the alcohol, yeah, um, and just doing some self destructive things, difficult yeah. marriages, yeah, the learning process of being Kenny Anderson the person and yeah. no longer Kenny Anderson the superstar. How difficult was that to to get to back to being you? It was it was difficult because I've always been a Kenny Anderson in high school, college, pro. I was always the man, so it's, it's it was difficult. And then I um, was raising a family out in um, Florida. You know, my son Kenny Junior. and my daughter Tiana. You know, my wife. So I was just trying to find myself, and um, you know, with with everything. You know, seeing what I wanted to do, and I lost my mother. My my mother uh, passed away, and then you know, I, I I said when she went when she passed away, I was done because she saw everything, she saw all my bass, everything. You know, and I said this. You know, I said when my mother ended, she could. I don't have to play basketball anymore, but I I, I got to give back something, and this and that's this is why I coach to to, to give and lead these young men for something real in their lives. If it's basketball, let it be basketball, education, education, life in general, get some real, you know, real good information from me to try to lead in their lives, to do it the right way. And that's what I'm here for. That's why I'm at Fisk uh, University, it's an NAIA small school, HBCU, that I could I could show these young men, you know, how how it's done, you know, and that's why I coach to give back, to give back to these young men that 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 they might have talent, and they might not. They might have enough talent to play ball, and and then then what? Mm-hmm. To to have a good life for themselves, have a good good wife, good uh, take care of their kids, and just do it the right way. And that's what I wanted to do. 
Yeah, because, I mean, you are more years now past career than yeah. you had in your career. And that's yeah. what we all face, you know, and, yeah. and for an athlete, it comes a lot sooner than anybody. Yeah. yeah. Um, hey, but, I played, like I said, like when I played 14 years. Yeah. Wow. In the NBA. 14. And there's cats that don't get 14 games. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? First round picks that don't get yeah. 14 games. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah, it's it's to make it from where you come from. Yeah, wow. To that spot. Yeah. But at the same time, I think I can see and I can tell is that you understand too. Yeah, you worked and got it. And yeah. and I've heard you often talk about there were guys better than me. Yeah. There were guys that should have made it. Yep. But they couldn't put the other pieces together. So do you take that how you talked about a little bit but talk about how seriously you do take that responsibility of showing these kids the yeah. full version of what this life is yeah you, you you can't live like i can't live like i used to live you know because i have those young men looking at me you know i'm an example you know and um every day i try to lead by example you know, I'm um, talking to the young men about school, about uh, playing in the league. Like my team, they they joke with me. We want to, they want to talk about some of my guy, you know, some Michael Jordan era, Kobe, and things of that. And I talk to them about it, and then I say, "Hey, where y'all games at? Or y'all getting your games together?" You know what I'm saying? So um, I talk to them about basketball, about life, about um, about them, you know, just doing the right things in life. And um, it's, it's been really um, promising for me, you know, not, it's just other, it's just other things that, in life that's more important than basketball, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I try to stress that, you know, when I talk to those young men. How important do you think it is as a black man in particular yeah. to put your weaknesses on display and show, hey, I can break. And I can put myself back together because we know in our culture, we supposed to internalize that. You don't cry. You don't show, you don't, you just, and and that leads to that kind of behavior that you talked about. Yeah. I think I've been able to, and that's why I guess a lot of people love me because I've been able to just say, Hey, it is what it is. Now I'm, 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 I'm doing better now. And I want my young guys to do better that I coach that I talk to that I see every, I just want them to do be better in life. Because that's what I've done. I was able to say that. Now I can even say, I, you know, I've been molested. I'm able to talk about it sometimes, somewhat. I've been molested. I had a drinking problem. I, I'm able to talk about those things. Before it was like, ah, I didn't want to. So it's ways you can do it. And um, you should be able to talk about the do's and the don'ts, you know, of your life to get those young men to listen and to do the right things. And that's what, you know, that's what I've been able to do. And I, and I love it here at this. It's going to take some more grinding. Mm-hmm. And I understand that because, but I wanted to do it here. Then a D one school D one, they already did. They already got it. Right. But and- to build, to build from a NAI school, says something and that's and that's what my mother wanted me to do and uh, coach Karen he's looking down at me saying it's gonna be some work but you can do it so it, it's been a blessing man but that's that's where I want to do it at and I told him well, I don't this is where I want to be I get it but it's gonna be difficult but this is this is what it's all about it's not the, the easy route I can go the easy route nah mm-hmm. 
now that's not good, you know, and that's how I feel. Yeah, I, I worked um, with the NIA for a while. I was yeah. the uh, sports information director for the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference. Yeah. Um, so I worked with Suno and Xavier and Dillard yeah. and all Talladega yeah. and all those schools. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I absolutely understand um, what that's like in building a small HBCU program. Yeah. The financial challenges, the recruiting yeah. challenges, and also see guys like one of your contemporaries, Todd Day, is at Philander Smith. Yeah, yes. Uh, and and he's get, been given that opportunity to, to build yeah. something there. Is that yeah. route a lot more – even if you hadn't wanted to be at Fisk, was the route to go to a D1 still harder for you as a player? Or, you know, are those opportunities the same for guys like you or Todd or other former ex-NBA players who would <laughs> love to get into the game of coaching? Yeah, I would give it a game – but – the only, you know, I'll tell you, I don't like to go around, but the only school I want to go to is Georgia Tech. I right. want to be the head. I want to be the head there, period. I'm not – it is what it is. So, until then, I'll do NAIA fist until till the day it's over, you know. Until they ask is, you to go. Until <laughs> they ask me to move. And I'll go – I don't want to go nowhere else. Nowhere else. But, you know, that's what – that's me. That's me. I don't want to go nowhere else. I want to be able to attack these young men and, and help them, help them find their way. If it's basketball, if it's life, things that I went through, maybe I can help them, you know, acknowledge what's going on with them, with their self. Because a lot of, a lot of, a lot of them don't have parents. Some of them have parents, some of them don't. So, you know, I have to, you know, just get in, you know, and um, that's, that's basically what I'm trying to do here is, and uh, once we, once I get it here, we'll be fine. Todd Day is great. You know, I'm supposed to play. I was, I'm supposed to play him this year, but yeah. we canceled the whole season. So now I'm busy more on recruiting. Right. You know, so that that's a plus. We'll play, I'll play him next year. He's doing great. He's doing he's doing a great job at Philander Smith. He played in in the league for many years, and some some of us some of us don't have the opportunity. You know, but some of us have the opportunity, but want to stay where they at. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just saying, want to stay where no. they at and, and grow, you know? Yeah, and I think that, that there are absolutely these opportunities that have been overlooked. What yes. you have there is yeah. an opportunity to truly teach, to yes. truly teach something and yeah. build something. And I think that as we look at HBCUs right now, there's this movement yeah. of players yeah. to want to be around – that's that space yep, where yep. you are accepted. Yep. Are you, is that a message that you're able to take into the young man's home and say, oh, look, yeah. you don't, this is, this is home too. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's an HBCU. We not have been, we, we, we wasn't getting talked a lot about, but now we are, you know, the social justice, you know, type situation. So it's a blessing. And, 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 and you know, who better than me, you know, a black coach, you know, played, High school in New York City, uh, ACC Georgia Tech, played in the NBA for 14 years. Come on, man. Who better than me to teach a young man about the game of basketball and the game of life? So I know how it goes, but it's just different. It's a, it's a different beast, and um, I'm up for it. I just, you know, I know what, I know what to expect, and um, I just, you know, just work at it every day. 
when you saw the NBA season this year, like you said, this, you mentioned the social justice, and we've seen players use their voices to speak up yeah. more. Do you think still, though, that we've reached a point where people view the players as more than entertainment? It still feels as if there's still a bit of a dehumanization that goes with black athletes, particularly in basketball and football, where you are, as long as you are entertaining, you're okay. But the moment you break the expectation, you have disappointed me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, it, it still goes, you know, forward, shut up and, and, and shut up and play basketball. But you gotta, you can't worry about that. You gotta go out and fight and and, and 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 tell people in general what's right and what's right and wrong about life, about um, you know, how, how I might have came up differently, but mm-hmm. I'm still a black man, you know. So it's gonna be all type of you know things that we 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 don't agree with. And we and we got to make that change. We we got to make that change, and it, and it'd be tough at times, but we have to just make that change. We have to, and we have to keep pushing, keep telling the young men that hey, I'm behind you 110. percent This is what happened to me when I put. You got to still, you got to voice your opinion. You you can't be you know you can't be hiding, and a lot you know you can't hide no more. Got to get out. Got to get out and uh, preach to these young men that's coming before us to help them, to help them grow. Do you see, uh, like, when you see guys like LeBron and and even with Kyrie and people tried to paint him a certain way when he spoke up, uh, you know, even if you're pushing for the same thing, they'll try to mix the messages and they try to change the messaging. Yeah. And – how do do you talk to – it's because young men are all over social media. Your players are all over social media. We didn't have social media when I played, so it's uh it's it's huge, it's a it's a huge uh thing. But they they uh they watch every they what they 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 watch for everything. You just got to be careful if you if you don't want to be you know seen a certain way. So do you talk to them again about like how they present themselves on social media? Yes. How they oh, yes. address themselves? Yeah, I have to, and uh, you know guys are getting in trouble you know by me you know mm-hmm. if you don't handle this correctly. So, you know, you use your, you use your, your, your plateau, you know, differently. You make your statements and you move on. You get, you got to be real careful on how you use social media or you get in trouble, not only by me, but, you know, your family, everything, you, you know. So, you know, I'm definitely on it. I'm definitely on it. And I always look and, and browse through what my guys are talking <laughs> about, and, you know, yeah. You know, I always, you got to do that. You got to do it. Um, this, I think, is a really interesting part of it. You know, we've seen the NCA kind of go to these licensing rules. Yeah. Um, and look, you would have been a dude that would have sold, sold jersey upon yeah. jersey, T-shirt <laughs> upon T-shirt. If yeah. you could have got a sneaker deal at 17, somebody yeah. probably would have given yeah. you one. Yeah. Um, and that's, I, I believe firmly that your name is your name. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And that you should, uh, the most essential thing you have is your face and your name. Yeah. Oh. And I think every player should be able to own that. But do you think yeah. that's far enough in allowing players to benefit from the system that really benefits off of them? Yeah, you got to be, you know, nowadays, you know, the, 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 your name is very important. And now they, they, they had to make this, you know, up in college because, you know, to give these kids, you know, money, 
you know, to give them some type of form of fat money because, before, you know, they don't want us to cheat. They don't right. want colleges offering to, to offer different, you know, uh, colleges money. And, and you know, only the certain top division one schools can give money. Certain mm-hmm. schools can't. So now these kids are making money on their names if they're good enough to make money on the name. Why not? You should have made it that way, you know? You know, back I know in the 70s, in the 80s, <laughs> man, was the schools giving money out. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was getting money. Yep. Or, you know, come on. UCLA had a serious <laughs> bag man. Yeah. People act like this stuff is new. Oh, it's not it new, man. New. Forever. That, yeah, that's what I'm like. It's not new. Because yeah, we do cash. That's why they, and that's why they got tired of it and said, we got to make a difference here. And you should. You're making all this money with the Final Four, the NCAA uh, tournament on TV. Oh, man. It's, 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 it's kind of sad. Like, I didn't make no money. Or for when we ran went to the final four, but what they would say is, "Oh, uh, scholarship that's that can pay his scholarship off." You know, but that, you paid more than that back. You earned way more than that back. That's what I'm In saying. In two years, just, you, you probably got what eighty thousand dollars worth, of, maybe eighty thousand yeah. dollars worth of education. Yeah. You earned that. In month one exactly. of you play <laughs> exactly. your first ten games, they got Game. your money back. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's it's. It's, it's a lot different, but it's 2020 now. Mm-hmm. So a lot of things are changing. And it's great for the kids, young men that's playing in college basketball. And the parents. I think that parents that, are oh, smarter yeah. now, too, yeah. yes. so that they're not just blind to turn over, coach something and say, I'm going to treat your kid like my son, and I'm yeah. going to take it down here. No, they're asking real questions now. Parents, yeah. know. Yeah. You know, a lot of guys, you don't want to – coaches is about recruiting, so – Recruit your kid and put up. Say it. Say what the best thing you're saying. Get them down here, and then then after a month or two, your son ready to come home. It's uh, it's just funny, man. It's funny, you know. But it's life, though. It's life. You gotta be. You gotta be well equipped on what's going on, and that's why it's good to tell your son what life is really about. I'm glad I played in it. Played in college. Played pro. Played. I played basketball. So my son, you know. He, he, he can't be hoodwinked, you know, mm-hmm. because I, I tell him, listen, nah, you know, coach is lying. He's BSing. This is what he's doing. Boom. You know? So it's, it's, a, it's, it's a cruel world out there, but you got to be just, you got to be, you got to be on it. You got to be on it. When you see the NCAA also say it's going to put the whole tournament in one yeah. spot and have these kids sequestered yeah. basically for the entirety of a tournament, to me, that's just basically, you're telling me that it's a business. You're telling me these are employees because you don't do that with students. Where else would you do that with students? Only employees get sequestered. Yep, there, there you go. So, you know, uh, everybody's excited because everybody wins money-wise. <laughs> money-wise, everybody's, uh, you know, the bookies, everybody. Like, oh, man, we got to have these, these NCAA tournaments. It, it's, a, it's, a no, it's a no-brainer, man. And you got to make money. College basketball, NCAA got to make money. And, and that's how I see it, man. You got to make money, period. But, if, and, but we don't know what's going to be in four or five years with these kids. Yep. Yeah, and, and, it's just, I mean, yeah. I, I, you know, I think, you know, we saw a lot. The HBCUs, a lot of them were most proactive in saying we're not doing this because you knew the cost. I mean, from what I saw, the cost of individual testing was just going to be prohibitive of yeah. making sure that you could do contact tracing and all that. It just yeah. didn't make sense on your scale. 
like our school, we can't afford it. You know, mm-hmm. we're a private school. We can't afford it. So we, we can't do it. So we can't have the season. And I understood it, you know, and, and that's life. But um, it, it made me see other this year, making me see a lot of different things. And I'm learning a lot, you know, dealing with, you know, athletes on on this level, NAI level, and the fist, my fist, you know, it's no scholarships right mm-hmm. now. I'm reaching out to different guys I've worked with and things of that nature, trying to get some scholarships for some of my some of my ball players because they're real they're really good students. Yeah. Um, really good students. And um, you know, I'm I'm trying to go that route with them. But you know, I'm, I'm and this is great for me, not only to be coaching you know, coaching basketball wise, but to see. You know, I'm, I'm, I've been seeing a lot of different things of how how my kids are being, you know, how, how they're being taught. So it's just a great thing for me right and you, now. And your hands are getting dirty on all the levels of how yeah. to build a program. Nobody, yes, like, yes, for I when you it. do get to that big stage, if you do it's, get the Georgia Tech, you, hey, I've done it all, man. I, yeah. I swept the court in the gym. I did oh, it I all. Do all that now. Yeah. You take them up, you do it all. <laughs> I do it all, man. I love it. I love it because that's, that's basketball. That's for the – and the number one thing is for the young man. I did it already. You're trying to do what I did. So I can, if I can help, why not? Because it ain't, it, you know, I've noticed this too when I meet former athletes who are coaching. Yeah. The first thing they that I get is they figured out it ain't about me no more. Nobody ain't coming no. to see Kenny Anderson coach. No. You know what I'm saying? Ain't no, nobody no, coming no, to see Todd really. Day coach. They no. want to see the game. And if the game is bad, the game is, that's all that matters. Yeah. That's all that matters. You're absolutely right. I had my fun playing in the NBA, playing in college, playing in high school. You know, it's it's about it's about my young, my youth right now that I'm trying to teach them the the, the, the game and, and and not necessarily the game of bad, but the game of life, everything. So it's um it's a it's a it's a, it's, it's, it's a lovely thing, but it, it can be it could be hard at times, very hard. You were in New Orleans for a hot minute. Yeah, uh, yes. Uh, played for the when we're still the Hornets. Yeah. Um, now New Orleans has this core of Zion Williamson, yeah. Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball. Um, when you look at that group, did you get any chances to watch the Pelicans this year? Um, and, and what do you think, like, particularly when you watch a guy like Lonzo, who reminds me of Jason Kidd in a lot of ways, um, what do you see out of Lonzo as a point guard? No, he don't mind. He ain't no Jason Kidd. <laughs> I'm saying no, he don't, no, no, no. The, the yeah. ways that I say it, let me say this so I can qualify it. Let me qualify it. Yeah, yeah. Jason yeah. Kidd's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Let yeah, me qualify yeah. this. Lonzo is reminds me of Jason Kidd and his ability to take a defensive rebound and go end to end as quick as anybody. He does that. Yeah. The other part is he's an exceptional rebounding guard at his size. Yes. He is not the physical presence or the driving presence that, that kid was. Yeah, kid yeah. put pressure on you with yeah. the ball from end yeah. to end. It could run yeah. you into the basket physically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and was in the half court was a much better operator than Alonzo. Yeah. But I see defensive wise, they both played lanes very well. Yeah. Jason, Jason was not a great on ball defender, but off he could he could sense timing. He had great That's, sense of, yeah. of space. Yeah. That's where yeah. I see the similarities. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You. Yeah, they're 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 uh, similar, and 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 what you what you just uh, stated. But um, Zion is going to be a great pro, I believe, and Ingram is already great. He's turning the table. All he does is work out, and that's a great. That's a 
that you got to give a lot of credit to uh, Jerry Stackhouse, who's over mm-hmm. at Vanderbilt, who has helped him, you know, graciously, who helped him, you know, play the way he's playing and absorbing everything, you know, about the NBA life. And, and that's what it's all about. Um, I'm not I'm not sure of uh, New Orleans, how they're going to perform as a group. But uh, we will see. We will see this year. They made a lot of changes. A lot of guys trading, got traded, things that got a lot of new guys in. Got a new general manager. So we will see. You know, um, there's a new coach there. Yes, Stan Van Gundy now. Stan Van Gundy is a new coach. So we got to see you know, how, they, how they trended. He's a very good coach. But we have to see. They got, they, they're got. going to – you know, Zion is going to be the man in Ingram. Those two. Those are the two young studs. And um, I think they're going to be players. But you don't. You need more than two guys to really, you know, run your ship. When you look at the point guards around the league, um, especially the young ones, there's so many young cats. Yeah, the De'Aaron so, yeah. Foxes out there, the Shea Gilgis Alexanders. There's so many young point guards. Who do you think right now are the, are, are the ones that you really keep an eye on that you enjoy watching play? I, I love, you know, Kyrie, Kyrie Irving. I love watching him play. Uh, Russell Westbrook amazes me. On He play, he plays so fast, so hard every play. Um, Damian Lillard out of Portland is just awesome. Works on his games, works on his shooting, everything. He's a great point guard. Steph Curry this year, I want to see, you know, coming back from the injury – how he performs. Um, all, all, the, all the point guards are just uh, – then Boston, they got uh, smart. He's, he plays both ends extremely hard. Plays very good defense. Um, he's a very good point guard. And my man from New York, Kimba, that's my guy, Kimba Walker, man. So I'm hoping he, you know, have a better year. Like, you know, he had a good year last year, but I think he was injured. He didn't, he didn't say anything. But uh, he, he's going to be a great – he's going to be a great. When you look at Chris Paul, man, and what he's been able Chris to do Paul, at this, yeah. a, this level in his career, yeah. to still keep it going, man. It, it, like, the, no, that's, the, yeah, the quickness of mind. I just want yeah, – uh, could you talk about that just as you age, the quickness of mind being as important as quickness of body? Yeah, yeah. Quick, quickness of mind is very important. And, and Chris Paul – he works on his game, period. He works on his body, works on his game. That, that, that's all. When you watch him, you see as he gets older, that's what he does. Just works out extremely hard on his body, taking care of himself. And um, he knows the game. That ain't going nowhere. That ain't going nowhere. And uh, he's at Phoenix now. I think Phoenix will have a very good team because of him. He's going to be able to set the table with Booker and uh, the big guy. Aiden. Aiden. Yeah. Them three guys is going to – they're going to be tough, um, the work ethic. I think all three of those guys are, are strong with their work ethic. And uh, Chris Paul, by being there, he's going to give them that work ethic. He, they're going to see it. He's a, he's, a great, he's a great coach on the floor, everything. He's a great, he's a great human. I, I believe he's a great human being also. Yeah, and he's a Wake Forest guy, and I'm a Wake Forest guy, so I give him a shout-out oh, for that. Sure. <laughs> Uh, y'all got Tim Duncan, Tim Duncan, and, and Chris Paul. But, you know, y'all had some good teams when I played at uh, Georgia Tech. Yeah, and Rodney had, uh, was there. And Rodney, you played with Rodney. Rodney and, yeah, and you Rodney played with Rodney. Yeah.
Wake Forest. You went to Wake Forest, man. I, I really, I didn't know that until <laughs> a little about you studied, you, you made that statement. But, uh, you know, they, they, Chris Paul and, and uh, Tim Duncan, there was just some great players came out of there. Yeah, and, I mean, that golden, to me, that, that era from, you know, the ACC from the 80s up until the late 90s. Yeah, oh, yeah, it was good. It was awesome. That was just amazing because I still remember – I remember the year Steph got there at Tech, yeah. and that was my yeah. junior year, and because I came in the same year with Tim. Okay. And, uh, okay. So um, yeah, so I uh, I spent my four years with Tim, and Chill was Randolph Childers was just finishing when I got there. Rodney was the year before I got there. Rodney had left the year before, and okay. um, so I remember when Steph got to Tech, and you already had John Barry, you had Harper, yeah. and. Steph changed everything for me because for that year, I was silently rooting for Tech all the time. And when y'all made it to the ACC championship game against us, I was like, I was on a bus on spring break and we were listening to the game on the radio. And every time... Yeah, who won that game? Who won that? Wake ended up winning it by three. Oh, okay. And I was like, and, and I, I was trying to hide my frustration because uh, Tech had to lead the last three minutes and just didn't hold on. And I was like, man, because I was so like, Steph was my dude. And and, uh, so, and I, I, when y'all got to that that same year, even when, you know, I'm born in Michigan. So we was rooting for state because my grandmother went there, but that next game against Minnesota, I was just like, Oh, y'all, y'all just went at it. And it just kind of, y'all buried. That was a great game though, too, because Kevin Lynch went off that night. If I remember. Yeah. He had a great game. Kevin Lynch. You know, um, uh, no, what was it, Kevin? Yeah, Kevin, George or Kevin? What, what, Kevin Lynch. Yeah, the, the white Lynch, dude. Yeah. Remember? Yeah, he, he played extremely well. Then, but like, we, were, we, we were, I don't know, it was destined that year. We just, had, we, we just had it all together. We had our team. Team was focused, and uh, every, everything. We just worked hard, man, and we, we wanted to win, and we wanted, to, we wanted to win for each other, and that was a beautiful thing. Man, it, it's just. The life you've led to get to this point, you know, like yeah. you said, basketball is easy. Life is hard. I understand that as well as anybody, too. Yeah. Um, I live with bipolar disorder. Uh, oh, wow. and, um, I'm, and I've told my, my, my audience this before. I'm a five-time suicide attempt survivor. Wow. Um, I, wow, I didn't know all this. <laughs> and um, so to see what you were able to reveal, that was one of the reasons that I wanted to get in contact with you yeah. because I just felt like in this era of yeah. honesty and people telling their stories to help others, I thought it was just something that continu- yeah, needed and, to continue and, to be spread. And when you made that statement to help others, that was big and it's still big for me. You know, I've done everything. Let me help someone else. And that's why I wanted to tell my story and reach out to, you know, everyone, you know, to say, hey, if I could do it, you could do it. You know, it's, it's, it's not hard. It's just you, you have to be disciplined in your life, and then, you know, you, you'll be able to do it. Out of all things, to kind of summarize it, mm-hmm. are you at peace now? Oh, yeah. And, it, and it's, it's amazing because, you know, the money and – the fame, everything I played, like in the NBA, I played. I wanted, but now I'm, I'm, I'm not. You can see it. I'm, I'm at more peace with myself that I'm helping young men, um, you know, play basketball and, and live, live their lives and give them truth about 
life about me and it's a blessing that I can do that now and um, you know for them it's just it's just great man and um, I'm living I'm, I live good now and I don't think a few years ago I don't I don't know if I was happy with myself I understand I believe you, you understand believe I me I understand and I have everything and I've always been okay my family's been okay but was I happy I'm not sure you know I'm not I wasn't happy and now I'm happy you know working out you know working myself out and working these young men out and talking to them and going and playing games and I'm very happy and I I want to see my 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 son make it and and then my daughter do well, my wife. I, I just care about other people, you know. Uh, um, and that's what I try to, you know, always stay true to it. And my mother, I lost my mother. I was very hurt when my mother passed. And, um, but um, it was, it, it's just something, it's just true, man. It's something about losing, you know, your mother that, uh, that helped me. I, I think when my mother passed, I knew I had to straighten up. I had to straighten my my, my life up, and um, I was able to do that. Man, I just want to wish you the best in everything that you do um, with the program, with yourself, and please tell folks um, how they can support the athletic program at Fisk, and um, yeah, you, anything else you might be um, you know want to direct folks to. Yeah, you can email me at uh, Ken Anderson at Fisk. Uh, edu.com you can reach me that's my uh, fifth uh, email you can always reach me and just help out help out if you if you can you know it's going to a great call I'm not taking it I, it goes right to you know my, my team or my school you know and um, it's, a, it's a great thing man you know uh, basketball basketball easy Life is hard. <laughs> that's my that's my that's my slogan, and that's what I live by. Man, every I, day, you know. Again, I appreciate this. I think I had a, I had a wonderful time uh, conversing with you, and I appreciate it. I learned something today, and um, I just want to thank you again. Let me ask you: What did you learn today? I always, you, when you said it, what did you learn today? When I talk to my guests, I think the main thing that I always try to find out is. I want to know people's journey because my journey has been complicated. Yeah, your and, journey's been complicated. And, and, and I think that it's important that we could sit here and we could talk about stats and we could talk about big shots and we could talk about every trophy you ever won, but ain't nobody going to understand Kenny Anderson any better by that. And I can't really – you know, because there's another kid who's got a trophy right now. There's another eighth grader who's a superstar right now. Yes. But Kenny Anderson, the man – talking about his journey to get to where he is and saying, you know, like you said, you know, it's hard. This is not, this is not what you, it's not what is um, put through on a filter on Instagram. It's not, you, you are a man, you are a person that has to live. And what you see for them 48 minutes a night is not the man who's got to live the other 23 hours of the day. And, and, and so to learn that again, to be reinforced that it is not, it is not a gift. It is not something when people say it's a privilege to be in the NBA. I always tell people, I say, no, that man, these people earned it. 
They fought for that. You spent hours and hours and hours until your fingers, you know, you're shooting jumpers in the cold in the winter. You're out there driving. And I tell kids that, too, when they get scholarships, when they say, I'm blessed to receive. I said, no, you earn that, man. Yeah, you earn that. You earn that. They need you. Yeah, That's exactly. why they came to see you. And, and so just that perspective to know that no matter what, where we are in life, no matter what we've had, no matter what successes we've got, we're all going through it, man. We're all going through it. And I got to respect that. I got to respect your grind. I got to respect you as a man before I even think about respecting your career. Thank you, man. That's awesome. Thank you.